tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party. Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free comedy to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. This is My Kind of Weird, a podcast where two people swap and pitch three kinds of media, something watchable, something readable, and something listenable, to see if each other says at the end of the pod, that's My Kind of Weird. I'm your host, Anthony Pollock, and joining me today is comic book creator, an artist who decided, I don't just like boobs, I'm going to decide how to draw them, <laughs> Ahmed Rafat. Hi, everyone. That's, that's <laughs> one hell of an introduction. <laughs> Ahmed, are you ready to get weird with me? Yes. Fantastic. Now, present your something watchable. I recommended the brand new Cherry Flavor to you, which is a show on Netflix that came out last year. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you think of it. You said you could hurt someone for me. What did he do to you? This world is predators and prey. You took the only thing I care about. Say what you want. I want to set his life on fire. Um, oh man, it's just, uh, it's very arty, isn't it? It's very arty, it's very dark, it's very what the fuck, isn't it? It's very, I mean, to give people an idea... It has zombies, it has cats being birthed out of mouths, it has, yeah, I mean, at one point there's uh, the main character, she is getting fisted in her cat vagina, I think is the best way to put it. I think think Um, that's the scene that a lot of people quit (laughs) watching the show after that scene, so if you made it through that one, the rest of the show is pretty easy. <laughs> oh man, I just I, I I did not know what to say about it. It's um kind of it's beyond Doctor Who levels of weird. It's uh it's very just bizarre. It's strange to sort of come from America, I feel. Yeah. It felt more like a Canadian thing. I mean there were some Canadian actors in there, so I guess that's something, but uh, yeah, it was just um, it was just very bizarre. I mean, it had Rosa Salazar in it, which she's always a treat to watch. She's, she was brilliant, um, yeah, in that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at description of it. Uh, some people call it uh, say it has Cronenbergian. It does. It's, vignettes it's, it's in it. Bo- some people it's, say it's Lynchian. it's got the body horror elements of. Cronenberg films and it uh, mm. it reminded me a bit of Mulholland Drive by Lynch so it's you know ah uh, yeah it's yeah Hollywood and uh, things get super weird basically yeah um, but yeah I I came across this show on Netflix I didn't know anything about it I just saw the name and the small snippet you know the snippet they play when you uh, when you're browsing and you click on a show 
it uh, yeah the the bit that I saw kind of reminded me of Mandy uh, the the visuals uh, uh, okay and yeah. uh, there was there was this dream sequence that had a lot of red in it and it was very trippy and it, it kind of reminded me of Mandy which I absolutely love and uh, right. I decided to start watching it. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely delivered. It's a strange revenge tale. Uh, For our listeners who haven't checked it out, it's about a filmmaker that heads to Hollywood in the set in the 90s and, uh, you know, it's it's lots of hallucinations and so there's, you know, there's sex, there's magic, there's, you know, revenge, there's cats, there's, I mean... It, it basically her film gets stolen from her under like a convoluted contract situation, and then just all sort of she basically hires a witch who may or may not be uh, possessed by a demon, and yeah, all sorts. It's, of it's the same actress from, from Get Out, and now I know to uh, just if, if she the, the the actress who's playing the witch. I uh, can't remember the name, Catherine Keen, I think. Uh, Kano. Yeah, yeah. So I, I now I know that if she's in a film or a TV show, then trouble is going to happen to the other characters. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd run in the other direction if I saw her in real life now. <laughs> if anyone enjoys uh, 90s revenge, Hollywood revenge tales with a little bit of, with a significant amount of body horror and the uh, yeah, David Lynch kind of weird, and this is the kind of show for you. And again, top-notch performances from everyone. It keeps you uh, guessing where it's going. It, it took some very interesting and weird twists, so it, it doesn't get boring. Uh, and it's on Netflix, mm-hmm. so uh, the most famous streaming platform in the world. So everyone can check it out. So my something weird is Raised by Wolves. Yes. Our enemies built an ark, which is now headed here, the only known planet where humans can survive. And should the Mithraic's ark ever make it here, you will not listen to their words. They believe that allowing androids to raise human children is a sin. We must rescue our stolen children. Do not tell them what I am. Which is an American sci-fi drama uh, created by Aaron Guzikowski, or Guzikowski, however it's pronounced, um, and was the first to... We're, we're going to talk about season one because season two is sort of in the midst of being... Yeah, we, we didn't get uh, season two released. here in the UK because uh, we, we don't have HBO Max, but there is a local streaming service that kind of gets the HBO Max stuff. Depending on how, okay. depending on how uh, trending it is, we either get it like straight away. We got the... Zack Snyder's just sleeping in the same week as as the US. Uh, if it's not as big, we get it kind of a month or two months later. So I watched season one. Yeah. Season two is not out yet. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, uh, like I said, the story is, without giving away too much, there's war on Earth and two androids are sent to uh, another planet Kepler twenty B twenty two, 
where they're supposed to start new life without war, without uh, without anything. They have some embryos with them that they're supposed to uh, make babies out of. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, <laughs> I don't know how to put it in, in another way. And <laughs> and uh, and raise over there in in a new place without any war, without anything. But things do not go as planned. Yeah. basically. Um, yeah, I was, I was, yeah. I was. Uh, I think I was tweeting a few weeks ago about how I haven't come across anything that is uh, like serious science fiction, the kind of stuff that we used to get in the nineties, in any uh, in any yeah. recent times. And and this and yeah. uh, I I came across the show when it first came out, but I I, I thought it's just going to be one of these adventure sci-fi adventures, you know. YA sci-fi adventures, which I have nothing against, but it's not really my kind of thing. Like you know, uh, Divergent yeah. and and, uh, and and these kind of films and shows. Uh, but then I, uh, when when you recommended it, I still started watching it, and it's not like that at all. It's uh, it is very serious. It is very philosophical. Uh, Ridley Scott mm. is the executive producer, and I think he directed a few episodes as well. And I can see his fingerprints all over the show there's a bit of uh there's a bit of uh mm. there's a bit of alien there the android design the the white liquid that's inside that's that's very much alien oh yeah and and yeah. i think there's a bit of yeah. blade runner there as well in in terms of uh blade runner was very philosophical in how the uh uh, the replicants uh, address their creation and their creator, and uh, all the questions, all the pondering that they uh, were doing about uh, life and all that. And and there is there is a bit of that there. How the androids uh, uh, perceive humanity and human life, and how they evolve uh, uh, as the show progresses from just being androids into more than that. Um, the only thing that left me a little bit confused, and I'm not going to go into spoilers. The last episode came out of left field. <laughs> I was I was not expecting the last oh. episode to be like oh, that yeah. <laughs> at all. It was it was going in a steady direction, and you know there are twists. It's, it's not boring. Things happen, but you can kind of see the logic of where they're going. Uh, but yeah, the last episode was just like uh, we're going in a completely different direction now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they kind of realized that they jumped the shark a bit with that last episode. Uh, I won't spoil what happens yeah. because even if I did, it wouldn't make any. It wouldn't sense make any sense for anyone listening. watching the show from the beginning. Like if if they told them what happens in an episode, <laughs> then they're going to be like, yeah, right. I I can say that um, there is no sign of the thing that we're talking okay. about, in, at least in the first couple of episodes of season two. So I think they've kind of just been like, yeah, um, we're not sure if that holds any relevancy to what we we're doing in the first place. So I kind of feel like they weren't too sure if, uh, if it was going to get renewed with the yeah, which, which with what happens at which the end. Is, I mean, I expected a little bit of closure in the last episode because with these shows, you kind of have to wrap up the arc that you're doing in the season and leave a little bit of room in case it gets renewed, especially when, when it's not something that is 
uh, like based on an established uh, book series or comic book series or something. Uh, but with the last episode, I feel like they've left the door wide open. We we have a lot of things to offer in the second season uh, that might not happen or might not. But I'm glad that the second season is happening because I'd like to know what happens next. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that um, anyone who's looking, who sort of misses or just feels like they've had enough of Star Trek, Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica and all those sort of those those kind of more friendly sort of science fiction, yeah. although Battlestar Galactica is isn't as friendly, but they're looking for more sort of bleak. It's got, it's got a very um, 60s science fiction quality to it as well. The, for, first of all, the designs yeah, are very retro, which I absolutely love. Even the the androids, uh, there's there's a bit of Metropolis in there uh, without going into too much detail to not spoil it to anyone. Uh, the, the, the ships and the helmets that they're wearing in the beginning that, that look very 60s, uh, uh, Twilight Zone uh, or, or uh, the, the the day the Earth was so kind of design, which is uh, I absolutely love. This this good got me hooked from from the beginning before even knowing anything about the show itself. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's not it's not action adventure. It's not YA. It's not uh, it's it's very philosophical. It's it's a slow burn. There are some episodes that are quite slow in pace but it just kind of lets you digest all the all the questions that the show has to offer there are there are points where it feels a bit cold and i feel uh uh because the two androids that are trying to raise the children a couple of the children die and then there's sort of it's kind of the androids and one of the and this isn't a spoiler really because it's uh it all happens in episode yeah, one yeah. so it's not really I, a, I, Thought that the whole show was going to be about praising the children, and when five of them died yeah. in the first episode, I was like, "Where, where are we going with this? What's going to happen next? We can't have a whole show <laughs> about raising one kid in uh, in yeah. in, the, in the middle of nowhere, basically." Uh, it even feels a bit sterile in places, uh, which which I don't really mind because it gives. Uh, room for the concept to breathe yeah. and to, for the concept to not feel sort of overtaken by, you know, the the usual sort of shenanigans and bullshit that goes on with, you know, parenthood and that type of stuff. I also got a bit of predestination stuff in there as well in terms of the the religious yeah, yeah. humans that are left versus the atheist humans that are left um also, Vikings fans, Travis Fimmel is in it as well. So that's, uh, for me, that is uh, a favourite recent actor of mine. So um, he's definitely one reason to check it out as well. But um, there's just a lot of cool, there's, uh, cool stuff in here. It, it is feel, does feel very retro. But it also feels so in-depth that when I first started watching it, I expected, where's the text for this? And lo and behold, there is no text. I, it's a completely I original show. I thought it's based on a book or something. Uh, my mind first went to uh, like Philip K. Dick or something like that because uh, the the whole religion, the, the fact that there is a new religion in the show and it's that atheist versus religion, it sounded like a very 60s idea of science fiction. Uh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I couldn't find any anything it's based on. Which is a miracle these days to, to come up with something 
It is not based on anything existing yeah. at all. Uh, I mean, it was compared to Ridley Scott's Prometheus because it is yeah. so cold and dark, and uh, which is great because he uh, he directs the first two episodes. Yeah, so, and I, I, I um, kind of feel that uh, he was more involved in the development than that because, at, at least from a design point of view, because there are bits and pieces of his previous work that there were a couple of scenes that felt very Blade Runner to me. Uh, yeah. Especially with the, the, the scenes with the creator had a bit of a Blade Runner vibe. Well, I believe he's an ongoing producer. Yeah. And, and it feels to me like because it is so high, like, that's another thing. When you After you finish the first couple of episodes, you just think to yourself, how the fuck did this get greenlit? And I feel like him saying, okay, I'll direct the first two episodes is how it got greenlit because, you know, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, it's Ridley Scott. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's also, it, uh, um, I, I'm not expecting it to be a very high budget uh, show because it's it's set on a desert planet and in this small compound. Mm. Uh, the Aside from a couple of uh, shots the, that involve war and, and spaceships and all that the most of the show is set in a very uh small contained location uh which which is great because uh uh, i mean if he can if he can make such a show on on a smaller budget then that's that's uh that's plus that's not a bad thing and and uh the uh the cast really sells the show the performances from everyone is uh uh, it's brilliant all right Present your something readable. My something readable was uh, Ecstatics versus the Avengers to you. Uh, Ecstatics is the series by Peter Milligan and uh, Mike Oritz. Am I saying the name right? Yes. Uh, and I've presented this specific arc bec- uh, for, for those who are not uh, uh, familiar with Ecstatics. It's Started as X Force, uh, and then uh, it was like an X Men offshoot, and and then uh, became a series called Ecstatics, and it's uh, it's kind of a deconstruction of superheroes and mutants, but not in a Watchmen bleak yeah. kind of way, in a more uh, more of a parody. Really, these 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 uh, this group of it's a group of mutants, but they're not hated by society. Said they're being loved, they're stars, they get invited to premieres, they're on TV shows, they care more about their social status than they do about actually saving the world. So, uh, and it is uh, this this arc specifically, the one that I recommended, uh, if you've read it, uh, there is a bit in it that was one of the uh, early inspirations to make uh, Astronauts. I'll let you guess which part it is. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, what did you think of 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 it? I mean, Ecstatics to me feels like it's doing to X Men sort of what Doom Patrol in a way yeah. did to yeah. Justice League. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of, but in a, but in its own way, it just kind of felt very satirical, sort of. It is definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um I 
I just find the art hard to digest in large like I, I can't feel I don't feel like I can read this entire run in an in an afternoon. You know what I mean? I don't feel uh just because the the I don't know, it's something about the art. Um I, I can't quite put my finger on it. It's just not the sort of the art style I prefer, I think, possibly. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what it is, um, which is a shame for me because I like most of the characters, especially Dead Girl. Yeah, so yeah. I think actually Dead Girl is probably the most interesting character out of the bunch. Um, I don't know what it is. It's, it's something about the art that just kind of throws me a little bit. That um, Like I could read like uh, three issues in a row and be fine, but I just I don't know what it is. It's something about the art. I mean, I I I, uh, I like Mike uh, Mike Orr's art, uh, but it's I I understand it's not very uh, conventional uh, when it comes, especially when it comes to a superhero book or a Marvel book. It's uh, it's very much its own thing. So I can see where you're coming from. It might also be part of the storyline as well. There are parts in the run where you just kind of where is this going? Um, I feel like they were trying to do something different with it when it came out. Um, it came out in the early 2000s, right? Yeah, yeah. It felt like one of those books where they were trying to do something new and different and appeal to a sort of a younger audience, and that could be part of why I don't like it. Um, you prefer something a little bit more classic? No, it's not really that at all. Um, I think I just have to accept that, you know, there's comics out there, not for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. At the I same mean, time. Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, I still, I'm just perplexed as to why I don't like it as much as other people like it. Um, when I read a lot of grittier and strange comic books and graphic novels. So, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It could also be, I, I think I get a little bit of, impatient when writers spend too much time meandering around the issues of the characters and not enough time getting to the point so and there is there is a bit of that going on which is kind of funny because once you you're done with your pitch the series i'm about to pitch is there's lots of meandering around so a bit hypocritical but yeah i yeah i don't know what else to say (laughs) Um, except that my something readable is Generation X, (laughs) (laughs) no, (laughs) which is a comic book that spends a lot of time meandering around with the bullshit of teenagers. So, um, (laughs) that, that, that sent me down a nostalgia trip. Uh, I, I, I've read Generation X, but I have read Generation X when I was 12, which is. 26 yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the way I used to read it is uh, uh, I, was, I was living in Egypt at the time and we used to get the UK X-Men comics for some reason. And if, if, you, if you know how, the, how in the UK, in the UK they sell the, 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 the US releases and then they have their own magazine kind of version of Marvel and DC and it kind of, compiles several uh series together so like the one i used to get had uh the x-men main series and also generation x 
all in one big magazine. And if you print in magazine size, it didn't print in the normal uh, standard comic book size. And uh, and yeah, uh, 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 the series is uh, written by Scott Lobdell and illustrated by uh, Chris Bacalo. At least the, the the in in the beginning, I think there were uh, a couple of other, or is it Chris Bacalo or Bacalo? Not sure. I've totally uh, yeah, butchered I don't the name. think he's a listener, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there were a couple of uh, guest artists along the line, but uh, but uh, he was the one drawing the main uh, part of the series, and it's about uh, Generation X uh, again, an offshoot X Men team led by Banshee and uh, Emma uh, Emma Frost, the White Queen, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there. Are, it, it is. It is very. Uh, I think again, it was. It felt like it was geared towards a younger audience. It's very. It's very nineties uh, in mm. terms of dialogue and and uh, and slang being used and and all that. But uh, in my case, uh, because I've read this in the past, um, and and. I really used to love the art on on this series when I was when I was a kid, and still do. Obviously, it's it's, uh, it's Chris is amazing, uh, but I used to copy a lot of it when I was when I was younger, and and, right. and and reading it uh, in in the past week, uh, I it's just like brought back a lot of memories. Like yeah, I copied this this panel, or I copied this this face, or I copied this building. Or I remember this looked very cool, and I want to draw something similar. Um, it's just it's 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 amazing how memory works. And I flip the page, and before I look at it, I can tell what's there. Even though I, if you ask me before reading it, uh, like a day before reading it, if I remember anything about it, I would have said no. I, I don't remember anything. I've I've read it twenty six years ago or twenty seven years ago, and that's uh, you know I can't remember anything about it. But but now it's it's just it it was a very aside from the series itself reading it again it was a very weird experience uh to me it's just getting flashes of memory and childhood and, and all that <laughs> uh, well yeah i mean uh the series itself it's the the story is very basic it's just the team coming together and there is a uh, there's a there's a villain. Uh, they 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 fight a couple of villains. Uh, there's there's a main one, uh, Implate. Uh, they come across some mysterious mutants uh, that mm. uh, get thrown at their doorstep by Gateway, and they try to find out where this mutant came from and what their story. So it's uh, the, uh, this, penance. Yes, penance. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, the story's fine. It's it's entertaining, but uh, it could get a bit wordy at times. There were some panels that were loaded with conversation and narration that didn't really need to be there uh, mm. because the art yeah. was explained everything. But the, the art the art is uh, amazing. I mean, I was mind blown by it when I was a kid, and reading it again, I'm still mind blown by it. Uh, I, th I think this was uh, 
it, it's it's got the same 90s style but it's much softer it's it doesn't yeah. have as much yeah. uh feathering or hatching as as this that, that was the the popular style at the time uh, jim lee and uh liefeld and uh mcfarlane were all like doing heavy hatching in their work uh this one doesn't have that as much but still it's still dynamic in the same way 90s art was uh colors are amazing uh i mean it was i loved looking back at the art uh again last week uh and i would i definitely recommend it for the art alone i mean just uh if if anyone doesn't like where the story is going or is not enjoying the story just look at the art just just flip through the pages and look at the art because it's 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 amazing so i have a couple of points to make about uh to reinforce my pitch for this series um so firstly at one point generation x was more popular than all the other x books um that's one point to make another point to make is some of the biggest arcs in 90s X-Men storylines, Generation X were involved as sort of like a a side story that ran alongside these main types of arcs. And I found that a lot of them, the storyline was better than the main arcs. Uh, Phalanx uh, Covenant was was one that comes to mind. Is also Operation Zero Tolerance is another one where you have like Bastion, who is basically the the human slash uh, sent Nimrod Sentinel sort of um, cyborg. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and a lot of that sort of arc is the backstory to that is that Jubilee, who's one of Generation X, is uh, being held captive. So. Um, those those are good points. There's also it's a great series to go back and look at because I did some reading and some research about it in preparation for this, and it a lot of the art and the style and the stories was meant to reflect sort of the cynicism and complexity of the earlier series of the earlier X Men books, and but also to give it more of a modern take. So there's a lot of sort of 90s grunge influences to it yeah from... yeah it's it, it is very much 90s but uh a, a bit different from other stuff that was out there at the time which i mean again looking looking at it uh this this must have been uh like uh revolutionary at the time because 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 now mm. you can get a lot of different styles in in books i think I think now Marvel and DC are pretty uh, are much more uh, loose with with uh, with the kind of art styles. It doesn't have to be a specific house style across all the books. Uh, but but back then, I think there was a very dominant style that everyone was trying to draw in, and this has hints of that. But it's it is much softer. The faces are much more expressive. Uh, so it 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 felt like a step forward from from everything else that was going on there uh, back then. I feel like it's also a good uh, example of what a 
big comic book company or even just what a comic book company can do in terms of expanding the universe. I mean, really, when it starts, the only sort of familiarities that you have, uh, obviously, Banshee, like you said, obviously, uh, the White Queen, like you said. But even then, she hadn't really been as elaborated on or expanded upon in the entire pantheon of X-Men yet, with the exception of, you know, a couple of the Hellfire, uh, I guess, um, skirmishes that the X-Men have had. And then there was, um, you know, there was Jubilee, which is great. She was a fan favourite if you're um, if you're watching the cartoon. Um, and then they, they had Husk, a.k.a. Paige Guthrie, who was very yeah. sort of a loose familiarity because she's like the younger sister of Cannonball. But apart from that, you had like I think five other characters, five or six other characters that they completely had to come up with. You spent a lot of time fleshing out and carrying the rest of the story. Yeah, uh, the 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 relations between the different characters uh, yeah. was, it, it doesn't feel forced. It, it feels like they are a group of mutants who are brought together, not not because they're friends or because they know each other. They're just brought together because they're mutants. And there is friction between all of them. And, and uh, there are yeah. misunderstandings. And uh, yeah. uh, they're, they're, not, they're not getting along all the time. But, but still, when, when in a situation where they have to work together as a team, they, they do. They, they overcome yeah. that and, and they, 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 they do that together. Um, and Chamber is one of the coolest character designs. Oh yeah, ever. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love the concept of Chamber. Yeah. The fact that his power is so powerful that he blew his own mouth off, um, and then has to like wrap it around just so he doesn't look, uh, so he can pass himself off as human, just so he doesn't look so um, yeah, yeah, alien. But um, and just the the whole. Um, I don't think they've really played around with um, the evolution of, like, telepaths to that extreme. I mean, they have in terms of, like, mind control and um, telekinesis and stuff, but not from the fact that his, he's so powerful, like, his energy in, in within him is so powerful that he, I don't think he really needs to eat or drink or anything like that. He's just pure energy yeah, inside. Yeah. And, and, like, his his body is really just... It's skin, really. So, um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting as well. And then he also had the sort of punk rock kind of look vibe yes, to him yeah, as well. Yeah, he, he is British, so, uh, so yeah, kind of uh, makes sense, I suppose. It's the, the punk rock is the very, very much the British uh, cool. Uh, I wouldn't say stereotype, cliche, maybe, but yeah, I mean, they, they back then, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, the, but uh, I just remembered that was uh, because you were saying it was more uh, popular than X Men. There was a Generation X movie that was uh, that was made back in the nineties. Uh, so that was a that was meant to be a TV show. Yeah, that was actually a pilot which they repackaged as a movie because it got cancelled. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've I haven't watched it. I heard it's not great. But I remember seeing the ads for it at the time, and I was uh, like, uh, because because back then the nineties there was only Batman really, there was nothing else. It was it was it was cool for a kid my age back then to see other superheroes, uh, mm. ones that 
he's reading uh, about at the moment getting a TV show or a movie or something. Uh, but I, I never got a chance to watch it back then and it kind of fell off my radar. But my, since I've been reading this past week, might look for it now. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I, I don't think it's easy to find. Um, okay, so present your something listenable. So I recommended to you a YouTube channel that I've been uh, listening to while working called Wendigoon, and I've uh, specifically recommended an episode about uh, an analog horror uh, ARG. Uh, those who are not familiar with the term, it's an alternate reality game called Local 58. Um, okay. I've been uh, and you have uh, and you have recommended to me the Nocturne. Uh, I cannot yep. pronounce the name of the album. Uh, look, <laughs> I, I could say that I can, but um, I'm probably uh, bullshitting you. Uh, I'm assuming it's a Aoki Gahara. Uh, that's okay. the best I can come I can come up with. It's uh, Emma Ruth Rundle's first band. So, um, uh, singer songwriter from Oregon, I believe, in America. Okay. Um, and some, this... for some reason, I thought they're British. I, I don't know why my mind went there, but I think it's because, well, I mean, because it's the music reminded me of another uh, uh, band, which I think are British. They're called London Grammar, if you've heard of them. I assume they are. No, no, I don't think I have, but I'll definitely check them out. Um, um, it, it's got the same uh, chill kind of vibe. It's, the, the music is very, I, I imagine I would play this music and just like sit down and relax, the Nocturnes and, and London Grammar, or play, play the music while driving at night, you know, in an empty uh, like motorway or something. It's it's very chill. Yeah. It's very relaxing. Uh, that one of the songs had a hint of Brit pop to it. I think it's um, was there a song called "The Game"? Oh, I, um, uh, the road. Yes, or was it yeah, the cradle? Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, I can't remember now. But yeah. but yeah, that was that was a, there was a small hint. It's it's not it's not Britpop. It's not Oasis or anything. But there was a small hint of that in one of the songs. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I I I like the stuff of London Grammar. I've never heard about the Nocturnes before. Uh, you told me about them. I uh, I I enjoy the album. Uh, it's something to play and wind down. At the, you know at at the end of the day. Uh, and I plan to uh, ch uh, uh, check out their... You, you said that this, this was uh, her first band. Does this mean that this band is not there anymore? I tried to... Yeah, that's to... right. So All I right. believe they had three releases. I think this was either the first or the second one. And uh, since then, 
Emma Ruth Rundle, she's done a whole bunch of different, I guess, alternative music or alternative rock is probably the closest yeah. career to say she's had because she's been in, uh, I came across her because I'm a big fan of this post-rock group called Red Sparrows. Okay. And whenever I like a band, like I'll like really get into it and want more and, you know, there's only two, three albums, I'll then dive into the uh, the band members to see if they have been doing anything uh, else. Yeah, 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 and then it be, it becomes this snowball effect, and that's how I consume my music. I don't really read music magazines anymore. Um, it's that's that's how I find new new work. Yeah, yeah, I uh, kind of do the same with uh, with uh, not with music specifically. Uh, other things uh, you know when you when you find something you like and you decide to look up the history of every person involved to see if there is something else that they're doing <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah I'll, I'll definitely check that out could could use that kind of uh, relaxing music while working while I'm expressing about yeah, uh, perspective and you know the whole stuff that an artist stresses about. At risk of being honest, I listen to Aoki Gahara when I can't sleep. I have a very, I have a brain that's just constantly working, even when I should be sleeping, and it's really frustrating. So I find that I need something to relax me to, and um, that's this is one of those albums that uh, helps me sleep. Yeah, I, I. I have the same problem as well and what i've been trying to do because uh, i usually am working nine to five and then drawing from six or seven until uh until i need to stop drawing and go to bed because otherwise the next day is wrecked basically so uh so i found that i when i stop working and go to bed immediately uh i never sleep i'm, I'm always my mind still working the cogs inside are still working thinking about something uh so what i do is uh, stop an hour before and and do something relaxing sit and watch something silly on tv which is how i started watching all these shows that i've been watching recently uh (laughs) listen to uh, something relaxing read a little bit just just do something that doesn't require much mind brain activity Otherwise, I'll just be sitting in bed for another hour or two uh, thinking about anything, <laughs> the, the weirdest things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I have the same problem. I know what you're going through. So let's do the verdicts then. So, Ahmed, um, of all the uh, choices of mine, are any of those you're kind of weird? Um, Raised by Wolves uh, is definitely my kind of weird. Um, Generation X by virtue of nostalgia. I mean, I I already <laughs> like a lot of it, so uh, so it's definitely in that uh, my kind of weird as well. And uh, uh, yeah, the Nocturnes. Uh, I I enjoyed that. I'll, I'll definitely go and look up the rest of the discography, especially that it's a small one and uh, and keep listening thank you for the recommendations there yes I've, I've enjoyed all of them that's right and your watchable and readable are definitely my kind of weird as well that's great uh and i'm sorry that's... about brand new uh, cherry flavor the shock and the trauma that's <laughs> the result <laughs> <from> that. 
when when you said weirds, that's the first thing that flashed in my mind. And I'm like, I need to make him watch this show. Yeah, um, I think when my kid is old enough, and I'm thinking like 15, I'm going to put it on, and just that you know the um, cat vagina scene, and just put uh, his reaction on on the internet somehow. <laughs> I think that would I think that would make you're, a good TikTok video. <laughs> you're giving me ideas now. One one of my kids is uh, is. 12, so nearly there, three years to go. Oh, you're there, you'll beat me to it. You'll beat yeah. me to it. All right, everyone, we're going to go to a quick uh, note from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back to talk about Diary of the Astronauts. Rabbits aren't real. That's part of a news story that's sure to break any time now. On any news channel, in any city, in any country. But seriously, think about it, my brethren. When was the last time you saw a rabbit? Or, more to the point, when was the last time you saw a disemboweled rabbit splayed with its entrails sticking out on an operating table for all to see? No? Been a while, hasn't it? The government will have you believe something else. But believe me when I tell you this... The rabbits aren't real. They aren't really there. They've never been there. And when they are, they are merely underground drones communicating through a complicated sonic relay system that only the government has access to. The rabbits aren't real. They are underground. Their sonic sensors are penetrating your homes, your work, your schools, your government agencies. What do they want? Who do they work for? One thing is for sure, they... What? Oh, no. Oh, God, no. I I think they found me. Please, pass this message on before it's too late. The rabbits aren't real. The rabbits aren't... All right, Ahmed, so tell us about Diary of the Astronauts. I've been keeping up to date on the, you know, the posts you've done over the last sort of two years, I think, yeah. two or three years, um, and now it's finally coming to fruition on Zoop in the form of, what, one volume or one comic? It's, uh, well, it is it is one comic. It's uh, it's 30, 32 pages, so it is, it is uh, sli- slightly bigger than the normal comic, but it's not a volume as in, like, 40 or 60 pages. And uh, yeah, this this I, I started this in 2019 as uh, a, a parody. Basically, I was I was uh, I was doing a parody of uh, like Strange Tales, 60s Marvel Strange Tales covers, where uh, uh, there's this spaceship and some monsters coming out, and people are shocked and scared. And instead of uh, instead of the monster, it was the two uh as i like to call them two interdimensional travelers that come from a planet a parallel earth where clothes don't exist <laughs> and that's yes. and that's and that's no the sho- and that's the shocking part and uh i posted online uh i wasn't really sure how people would react because uh a lot of my followers are from egypt by virtual be- me being from there and nudity is not as accepted as it is uh, in other places of the world. 
So I wasn't sure how, if people are gonna like hate it and uh, rate me over it, or are they gonna be okay with it? And uh, the reaction was quite positive. People were asking if uh, uh, this is part of something bigger, or is it just one off? I didn't have any plans at the time beyond that. Um, mm-hmm. But then over 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 the over a series of over time, I started getting more ideas for illustrations, and then it evolved from that into single-page stories or two-page stories. I had never written a comic book script before in my life. I was always working with others. Uh, I'd never tried writing anything. I never thought I'd be able to write anything. And uh, and yeah, the, the stories just kept getting uh, longer, and uh, and. I started adding lore to the characters, where they came from, uh, uh, how how the whole thing came to be, and uh, and yeah, uh, uh, once once I've uh, had kind of a season, I, I look at them as seasons because they're like short. Uh, each of them is a short story or a uh, vignette, so it kind of feels like a sitcom for me, at least. So once mm. I I wrapped up that part i put it together in a print edition because uh it's the the way it's it's done it it's uh it's done in the style of of a, of a 50s comic with uh or the 60s from, from that period with with all the dot printing and then the uh worn out uh pages so i think this would look very cool in print even much cooler than it looks on online and we have launched um yesterday was it the last the last two days felt like eternity so yeah it, it was yesterday we launched yesterday on zoo uh crowdfunding we yeah. have just crossed our funding goal so i can relax a little bit but it's still there for the next 29 days for anyone wants to order it got a couple of stretch goals planned uh along the way uh so yeah more more exciting stuff coming now um despite the nudity it's not an, it's not erotica is it it's uh no, it's no. more just two explorers that just happen to be naked yeah it's no it's it's not it's not at all uh it's uh a lot of it is inspired by uh nudist philosophy obviously and also the there's there's a genre of films that was very famous in the 60s called nudist camp films yeah. uh diary of a nudist is the most famous of them which is where the name comes from yeah. diary of the astronauts it's, it's a it's a okay. homage to that and uh the these films were supposed it's meant made to promote uh, nudism, but uh, it was all very uh, uh, utopian, uh, wholesome kind of setting. There was there was nothing uh, nothing erotic, nothing tongue in cheek. Uh, uh, it was all done with a straight face, and uh, that there was there was something very wholesome about uh, the way it's presented. And this is the kind of mood. I uh, was trying to go forward with the book, so I wasn't. I wasn't trying to do anything wink, wink, or any of that. I was just. Uh, it's. It's. You could easily take the characters out and put two aliens, and they would react kind of in the same way. Uh, 
Uh, it, the only difference is that these characters are humans from a parallel Earth, and they just don't know the concept of clothes. I'm just sitting here hoping that you are wearing clothes while we're having this conversation. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say how well, much I'm dressed or how much I'm not. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um. You think that uh, you know, you see in the news all the time. It's body positive, positivity this, body positivity that, which is you know, it's good. You know, in, in terms of moving people forward with being comfortable. But um, you think maybe that might have a bit of a effect with how it's been received? Um, I hope it does. Uh, actually, because because the the way I draw the characters is very uh, simplified. I got a couple of. Uh, comments from people reading saying why don't you try to include more diverse body types and, and I wasn't uh, not including them by uh, choice it's just that I drew the characters this way and it, I uh, carried on with the series and I decided to keep the look the same but I did uh, I, in one of the stories I uh, kind of break the fourth wall and say that uh, the, the the body shape changed a little bit. I added more detail to it, and then I said it's just that the artist is lazy and uh, doesn't draw all the details all the time. Uh, but uh, but in general, I'm hoping that uh, uh, people who read it uh, kind of look at nudity in a different uh, perspective. Uh, it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be erotica. Uh, it can just uh, exist out of the context that mainstream has told us that it exists in. And that is changing with what you said about body positivity. A lot of the advertising campaigns these days feature nudity that is not sexual or erotic or anything. It's it's meant to uh, more uh, inspire body positivity and body confidence. So... uh, in in general, hopefully, um, it 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 kind of uh, works with with the uh, with the general uh, uh, moods of of what's going on these days in terms of uh, body positivity and desexualizing nudity. So it's inspired by the sixties and fifties sort of era in terms. I got it. This feeling like it when you first started releasing pages, uh, I guess two years ago, or at least when I first started seeing them, um, was it f- felt like a, a comic strip, um, which is funny, uh, play on words there, comic strip, yeah. nudity. Um, but um, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, do you think if you release this in the 60s, it would pass the comics code? Probably. <laughs> To be fair, it, the I I rarely show. Well, I mean, we we do show some stuff, but I, I, no, I don't think. So. <laughs> Just, as, because because I I uh, I have I have two like two segments of readers. There are the the comic readers who know my work and uh, know uh, know me from other things like uh, my dreams uh, stuff that started reading this. And then there are the nudist readers who are reading this because it's a comic that kind of addresses these themes in a, in a more general term. I don't mention nudism by name uh, anywhere, but but it it kind of uh, uh, 
it's the same philosophy and the same ideologies. And I get the complaint uh, all the time that uh, I'm not showing any full frontal and uh, am I... Uh, why, why am I not well, doing you got, this? You got am people I... approaching you saying, show us the dicks. Yes, yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But it's, 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 it's not like... The audacity. It's, 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 more of, it's more of, are you ashamed of showing it? You know, it's, uh, oh, but, uh, right. but, I, but I try, yeah, but the reason I was doing that is that I was, I was trying to kind of keep it more accessible to everyone because not yeah, everyone yeah. might go as uh, I was going to say might go as hard but I realized that's a pun <laughs> <laughs> might go as hard on, 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 on the comic uh, if, if it was just uh, like full frontal in every single page and and, and the films from that uh, time were doing that as well but I'm not sure if it's to uh, uh, avoid a certain code, or, or was it just to to mm. make them more friendly? I guess uh, they they yep. were very careful in showing full frontals and with 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 uh, carefully uh, strategically placed objects and angles uh, to, to make sure that none of that is shown. Uh, yep. So I was kind of playing uh, on on this uh, idea as a visual gag, uh, yep. but no, I don't I don't think it would. Past with not not with not with uh, not with what is being on display in, <laughs> in the pages. All right, where do you go to from here with the astronauts? Um, uh, in in my mind, I have uh, two more uh, issues arcs planned. Uh, I haven't put down the details. Yet I've started writing. Uh, so I want to do another arc on this Earth where they are, uh, with more m- mishaps, misadventures, but also at the same time, the whole the whole uh, premise is that they are fixing their ship so that they would be able to go back to their Earth. So so uh, they will eventually fix the ship in the second part. And then I want to do uh, a whole uh, issue or, or arc where uh, it's set on their planet. So kind of uh, reverse of uh, what I've been doing in the first issue. So we take the hosts the, from Earth and put them on the planet of the astronauts and, uh, and see how they would act to the inverse of the situation. Uh, so So that's... <clears throat> That's the plan so far. I've started mm-hmm. writing the second issue. I've written the first short story. Uh, but then the campaign came along and I was just... Uh, all, all my energy and time were in preparing everything. I, I, I didn't think putting together a crowdfunding campaign would be as difficult. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well... Um, when we live in a world where Jeff Bezos literally created a phallus for a space shuttle, I feel like you've got plenty of room for satire and art inspiration out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter and Instagram as the Ahmad Brofot, my name. Um, in on 
both there's a link tree with uh, with my portfolio and websites for uh, Gorilla My Dreams and El Ozba, my my Egyptian comic book, and Astronauts, and uh, I just keep it updated with everything that is relevant. And uh, we are currently crowdfunding on Zoop. Uh, we've launched yesterday, 29 days to go. Uh, the first uh, issue of Astronauts in print uh, with uh, stuff that has not been published online. There's a prologue that has not been published online that kind of explains uh, where they came from and ties the story together. But print, uh, we've got more stretch goals coming up. So, uh, yeah, uh, if anyone finds the premise interesting and uh, uh, doesn't mind a bit of nudity in their comics and would like to support us, that would be great. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for appearing on this show. It's been lots of fun. Uh, for those who like this episode, by all means, share it around. Go check out Ahmed's, uh, I was going to say Kickstarter campaign, but Zoop campaign. Yeah, it is Zoop. Um, uh, which is good because Zoop does sound like something 50s or 60s. It sounds like a space shuttle or yeah. some kind of Viagra from <laughs> yeah. the um, 60s, so really appropriate. Folks, for now, I'm going to leave you all with the sound of a horse being fed through a distortion pedal. Thanks, guys. Stay weird. Nordstrom has a special holiday treat for you. For a limited time on Nordstrom.com, get free two-day shipping in selected areas on thousands of items. Just enter your zip code on their site to see all the great items you can shop. Exclusions apply.